This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. I'm in the zone. Why? Because I got my partner in grinding in the studio right now. The statistician at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Beautiful Sunday. Looks like it's going to be a hot Sunday, but that makes sense because we're going to have some fire picks today. We talked before the show. It's going down today. Fire picks, fire music, rocking it from 10 to noon every single Sunday with us at Carlson Radio is where you can find him. Andrew. Morning, boys. How we all doing today? We are fantastic. Have you had a nice weekend so far, Andrew? I had a pretty good day yesterday. I'm, yeah? I'm ready to go. All right. All right, Jerry. I know you're ready to go. If you've seen any of the stuff going on on social media, Jerry's been killing it with his picks. He's going to drop some more today. Big, big picks coming up. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can get us on Twitter. You can tweet us at that same number, 713-780-ESPN. We want to hear everything. We'll want to talk. There's been some Texans talk, obviously. We're oh, going to get yeah. to that. Big news happened in the organization. Some Rockets talk. Some finals. The finals are in a spot that I would have never imagined. I never imagined coming into this show and going to have to preview it from the perspective that we will be doing it. So stay tuned for that. I'll have a pick for the, that game. We have Stanley Cup. We have... We had some fights go down last night. UFC and boxing. We'll have a little bit of that talk. A little bit of everything. So stick with us here. Give us a call. Again, 713-780-3776 if you want to talk anything gambling. Last week, we had a lot of fun in here. A lot of fun. There was a lot of talk. Someone, The first ever person was inducted into the Moneyline Hall of Fame. (laughs) The one-legged stripper, she's, she's... in the Hall of Fame, and that's where she'll stay. We had a lot of fun with that segment last week, so let's try to let's try to do it again. We will. If you miss that segment, just go to Podcast Arena Moneyline, check it out. I believe it's the last segment of the first hour. So if you want to go, take a listen. It's some good stuff. Now let's get into some news around the NFL. Around the NFL, what's happening? Well, what's happening is. Around, I don't even know how to say this. I feel like I'm breaking bread, bad news to, but by now you've all heard it. But I want to discuss it. Brian Gain, he's yeah. out. Texans are done with him. He didn't get to fulfill his whole contract. What was your first initial thoughts and reaction? I was shocked. I mean, I, I didn't see that coming from anywhere. Now that I've you know read a lot of the stuff, you know, in different places, it seems you know there was just kind of some. I don't know, I wouldn't say dysfunction, but maybe just Gain and O'Brien weren't getting along. So I didn't see this coming. I have a lot of different thoughts, but you know, most of it's all just opinion and, and kind of theories. I thought Patrick Creighton wrote a really interesting article on it. It's on Sports Map. Go check that out. You know, he seems to think they're 
you know, part of this is around O'Brien and, and him really not wanting to pay Jadavion Clowney and, you know, maybe how free agency was handled in the draft. And that, that, I thought that might be the case. We were talking about this before the show. I mean, the draft wasn't exactly blowing you away with, with players that you'd heard of that they were drafting. Um, so it was a little surprising with, you know, the Titus Howard pick at number one. But we knew they liked him, and he was at least a top 50 prospect. I don't think that's definitely what did him in. I think it's, you know, Gain and O'Brien not getting along, and Bill O'Brien wins again. He won the power struggle with Rick Smith. He wins this one again. Now, um, three and a half years left on his contract. The team improved drastically last year in record, right? Yeah, I mean, they had won 11 games. What else do you want from him? So it has to be either, like you said, either maybe something with the clowny or I'm looking at it something with the draft. Yeah. We all had questions whenever the draft was done and over with, but... If you were a bright outlook kind of person and you wanted to you wanted to stay positive, you looked at it as let's see what happens with these picks. Let's let's let it happen. Let's let it play out. Maybe Brian Gang was up to something that, you know, maybe they saw something in these guys that we didn't. Let's be positive. That's what a lot of talk was. Let's let's stay focused on next year. Let's see what happens and then we'll talk because he's had success before. Okay? Yeah. But now that it's all said and done, and he's gone. Is that the big factor? Now can we be more realistic and truthful and say, you got jumped by the Eagles in a position that you needed for a guy that could be a franchise-type yep. player. That's a, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big X on your resume, let's say. The whole draft in general, you had a lot of question marks. A lot of people that you say they could, they could pan out to something, but I don't know why they didn't get this guy no i agree it, you know lonnie johnson he was at least a guy we heard might be going in the first round a lot of mock drafts i saw him going to the steelers believe it or not you know he's a big corner and a lot of people thought they might like him but you know the sharping pick we'll see you know small school guy you know hopefully he's good titus howard but i think you're right them jumping in them in the draft and you know, remember the Eagles traded up with the Ravens to get in front of the Texans. Yeah. Everybody knew they wanted to tackle there, exactly. right? And all they gave up, I'm looking at it right here, all, all they gave up, the Eagles, to jump up was a fourth rounder, pick 127, and a sixth rounder, 197. <laughs> for a franchise type for, for your, Yeah, to, to get, you know, a franchise left tackle, the best tackle in the draft. And I can't imagine, you know, I did a lot of mock drafts, I can't imagine the Texans thought that the best tackle would fall to them where they were picking. So... The fact that he got within one or two picks of them, I I wanted them to be calling on the phone. Now, I will say this. The Texans didn't have a fourth-round pick to trade because of the Demarius Thomas deal. Oh, yeah. So they would have had to have given up something else, you know, whether it's a future pick or a, a third-round pick or something else. They would have had to, to do that. But that doesn't feel like a lot of value, so I think a lot of people were disappointed with that for sure. Gain was in charge of a lot of things on the personnel side, the draft, the free agency, medical, training, rehabilitation, uh, nutrition, everything. McNair says that he looked at Gain more as a personnel man rather than a general manager, and he didn't want to redefine the position, basically. <laughs> It's, some, it's the relationship, man. They're, they're they're just saying that. It's Bill O'Brien and him don't get along anymore. But they started off as buddies, they right? They did. Yeah. Th that was the guy that, you know, he was like, I like, I want Brian Gain instead of Rick Smith. He's a football guy. So he gets his football guy, and 
you know, something went wrong. We, we're just left guessing here, but something went really, really, really wrong. And we were talking about it before the show. They, they fired a lot of scouts before the season last year, and and now you have gain going. I mean, this is – it's almost just a, an all-Bill O'Brien type, type of deal now, and it's crazy. But they did uh, – they interviewed Ray Farmer, or at least they're going to. I saw that report, so they're bringing him in. He, he was with the Browns for a few years, so they're going to talk to him, see if he's a good fit. So they're already interviewing people. There's a few other names on the list that, that we're hearing reports about their interest in. But that kind of worries me, though, too. If, if they don't have a guy, you know, in mind, and then they just fire this guy just to fire this guy, that's kind of terrifying, right? Yeah, that, no. You know, the, like, you I, need to replace him. You wish there was a backup plan, and some say that they got relationships with a lot of the Patriots guys. Yeah. And that could happen whenever I saw the name Ray Farmer. The first thing that came to me is when he was suspended. Remember, in yeah. 2015, he was suspended for, for texting coaches during the game. Correct. They were texting each other during the game. So, at that point, I haven't seen him since. And if he's just been sitting on the pine that he long, has. yeah, it's just I don't think that you you make such a drastic move to 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 take such a drastic gamble you no. know what i mean like, yeah. if there was a some kind of plan in place let's see it and i hope it's not o'brien getting uh, another job added to 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 what he's already had you know what i mean like last thing i want to see is o'brien take that spot no i'm with you and you know there's rumors about nick casera from the patriots he's their director of player personnel and remember, he was blocked from... He was blocked. So, um, what changed? You know, that's what I'm... Unless he's thinking, hey, this is probably Brady's last run. Maybe I want to, you know, just this is a good time to jump ship. And maybe that's what he's thinking. You know, maybe Belichick getting close to wanting to retire. Who knows? I'm just speculating. Let me ask you something, Andrew. You as a fan, I know you're a big Houston guy. What are your thoughts on this? Are you happy about it? Is it a change that you maybe didn't want to see now, but you think, hey, and change needed to be made? What is your thoughts? If the people in the organization feel he wasn't doing a good job and that they needed to pull the trigger, that's fine. I just haven't seen enough evidence to point to that being the case. Obviously, with the draft, yes, like you guys talked about, there are some question marks, but he did a great job without any first or second round picks last year. So let's give the man a little bit of time. And on the free agency class, I understand that you wanted him to do things, but you don't want to spend money just for the sake of spending money. If you don't think Trent Brown is a good fit for what you want to do offensively on your line, don't go out and spend $18 million on a tackle per year. You don't do that. So outside of him, realistically, who did you want to improve the offensive line? Don't just say, we needed people. Give solutions. Don't just complain. Just complain. Yeah, I agree. I agree because a lot of these players in this last free agency period – set the market on prices that were beyond what they were worth and a lot of people we talked about it like a lot of a lot of teams had money to spend but there wasn't many people to spend it on that were worthwhile so again it's kind of like with the rockets it, you get to a point where you know what you're going to do in the regular season you try to get to a certain point and then you know what's next like what's our ultimate ceiling here and it was their ceiling did they know their ceiling with Brian Gain and, you, you know, do they want change now? Are we going to sit through a whole nother season of this? Had to be their thought. Are we going to, are they, as an organization, willing to say, hey, and, and again, that's why I'm trying to convince myself that things are going to, uh, this is for a positive, which I'm hoping it is. Hopefully, like, like Andrew said, if the organization sees it this way, uh, there's something, there's something to it. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a Bill O'Brien pulling strings here and, and getting people X'd out because that very well could be. 
It, it could. And did you hear this thing about Trent Williams being available this week or uh, the Redskins tackle? He's seven-time Pro Bowler. He lives here in Houston. He opened that gym with Adrian Peterson that's okay. in town. And he's... He said he's not going to play for the Redskins this year. He's under contract for two more years that he wants to either be traded or he wants to be let go. He has some kind of problem with their medical staff, doesn't feel like he was handled properly. He doesn't want to play for them anymore. So we did a video on Sports Map with Joel talking about, like, man, the Texans should do everything they can yeah. to try, go, try and go get this guy. He's only 30 years old, seven-time Pro Bowler, two years left on his deal. That you know, Texans have cap space. He was the one that punched Sherman, right? On that sideline, yeah. Remember on that sideline when Sherman was talking and he went over there and punched him, swung at him? That was him. Okay. Then I like him even more. Yeah. So my, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was him, right? So it makes me think, you know, I'm like, hey, Brian Gain ought to be picking up the phone and just kind of feeling him out, like maybe what the Redskins want for him. And it just made me think, like, maybe he did want to do something like that. And sometimes I wonder with the Texans if they're just kind of cool with – how things are going as long as they're making money and they're winning division championships and you know but do you maybe they don't want to go trade for that extra money on that two-year deal even though that might really help out Deshaun Watson and it makes sense too right like they took two young tackles from small schools those guys may not be ready to go week one to protect protect maybe some time yeah so getting to learn behind him and and Sean Charles Henderson he's been hurt so much you can't count on him to be good to go all year and then the Khalil pickup he's still not right such a question yeah so I'm just like it makes sense and you know you just wonder sometimes if the organization you know, that the power trust that's not Brian Gain is like, well, we just invested all this draft capital on these young tackles and we just paid money to Khalil, so we're not going to go trade for this guy. And, you know, I wonder if Brian Gain's like, well, what are we doing? You know, that could help us win. And they're like, no, we'll be okay. You know, I have no idea. This is just something that when I saw the breaking news on Friday, I thought it might have been they were calling about, you know, making that trade for Williams. But, you know, now I'm kind of wondering maybe Gain wanted to do some things. He didn't want Trent Brown. If you're looking in Patrick Creighton's article, it says that he thought O'Brien really wanted a splash like on the offensive line that Gain didn't get it done with Trent Brown. And, you know, maybe that was something that led to some conflict. So it's kind of tough, but it's got to be around the offensive line, free agency, and the draft because that's what general managers focus on. That's it. You know, That's I mean, where your work is. Yeah. So – it's interesting. If you guys want to call in and let us know what you think about it, 713-780-ESPN, if you're surprised by the Texans making this move and what you think they should do, is, is are you cool with Bill O'Brien kind of running the show? You know, Give us a call, text into the show, tweet at Moneyline. We'll get into it. Um, Jerry, I, I did see some kind of... Some breaking news, right, about uh, something going on with you? Breaking news. Let's celebrate. What is it? It's a celebration. The Z is back, folks. I woke up today, and it was a gift from the skies. (laughs) A gift from the skies into my email. (laughs) And it read, you, Jerry Bonos, are back. Back for the people. Back again. Let's rock out. Jerry Bone knows where the Z is back. I feel good. The free world. It smells so nice. It smells like money. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. 
listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Just the squad in studio trying to put some money in your pocket on a beautiful Sunday morning at Josh Jordan 97.5 at Carlson Radio. Hector's back. We got our man Hector out there. Brazilian Hector getting all the calls routed correctly, making sure the podcast is up on time and correctly. After the show, if you miss anything, Podcast Arena, some of these picks. I know you're on the way to church right now saying, Jerry, just drop the pick. Quit teasing me. Well, go back and listen on Podcast Arena or all your favorite streaming uh, services, anything from Apple to Stitcher to Spotify. So check us out there. Let's go ahead and get to the HRMP listener line right now. We have my man OU Mike. He wants to talk Brian Gain. What you got for us? That firing came so quickly and with no explanation, I mean, or nothing, it I'm guessing he probably called J.J. a SOB or he said J.J. sucked. Uh, those are grounds for immediate termination with the Texas organization. Do you, uh, oh, he hung up. He said that was it. Yeah. That was it. No no question back. But no, I mean, it. no no explanation is what people are saying, and that's what I guess people want. But at the same time, those people that want explanation, they want some kind of drama to come out of this so they could say, this was the reason. You know, this was the reason. I knew it. I knew something was going on. But talks keep coming out again and again saying that there's nothing specifically that happened. They're not pointing at anything specifically. And nothing just, it just, uh, I guess... Eroded over time, uh, quick time, a uh, time three uh, three and a half years left on a contract, quick time erosion. But that's what happened, no doubt about it. It, it. And you know it was, you know, kind of a little news dump, right? You do it on Friday at the end of the day when you got the weekend coming, and all the talk shows can't really talk about it all day. But uh, do you have that ready there, Andrew? I, I wonder this. Go, go ahead and, and play that good stuff there. Maybe the real problem is Brian Gaines said he doesn't like football time in Houston. <laughs> now that will get you fired from that building right there, man. You you got to have it. So I'm thinking maybe he, he made a little comment that maybe they should change the theme song and they shouldn't have football time in Houston anymore. And they were like, oh, hell not. You're out of here, Brian Gaines. Beat it. Hit the road. You got to love you some football time in Houston. How long till we see uh, a new guy in that? See, there you go. How can you not like that? Yeah, no, that's it right there. <laughs> How long do you think that we see that uh, position filled? Oh, man, I mean, they're already interviewing people. And when they interview them, they'll ask them, do you like football time in Houston? And then they say, yeah, I like oh, that yeah. song. I love that song. Oh, yeah. Actually, that, that's my jam. I brush my teeth to football time in Houston. So once they pass that, so Ray Farmer, if you're listening to the show right now, when they ask you, do you like football time in Houston? You say, hell yeah, I do. I wanted to be the GM. I, I bump this all the time. Sign I, right here, yeah, my friend. <laughs> right here You're on in. the line. <laughs> but we're going to have to check your phone, make sure this is on your iPod there, Ray Farmer. Uh, but, yeah, I, look, they're already searching, man. They, they're already lining up interviews. It, it, you know, if you really believe that, you know, Bill O'Brien's got a buddy with the Patriots or something like that, and this is all just kind of waiting to happen, Maybe it's going to be sooner than later. I, look, the one thing you can say whatever you want about Bill O'Brien. In my opinion, I I think he's a pretty smart dude. You know, I, I do. I think maybe he's a, a little temperamental, and some people have trouble working with him. But 
I think in general, you listen, the guy's a pretty sharp dude, but, you know, people look to the play calling and assume, you know, maybe they take some shots at Bill O'Brien. They don't like what he's doing, but I got to think he has a backup plan. He had something in mind here, you know? I don't know about you guys, but this song gets me pumped. <laughs> How can it not? That's I want to do push ups right now. I got to get ready for the season from a fan standpoint because all this change, it takes a toll on the fan. It does, but we won't change the song. The song's no, that never. You play this on repeat. Don't ever let it stop. Don't never let me go, Jack. Hey, rejoin outro every every break. Every break. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's, transition, transition, let's transition to something else. It's sticking on football, though. Le'Veon Bell appears in Ooh, the does. news for, I guess, the wrong reason here. $500,000 less of jewelry <laughs> is what he has now. He was robbed by uh, two girlfriends. That old story, huh? <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> I, hate when that, I happens. hate when that happens to me. But it happens to the best of us, Bell. Le'Veon, can I still call you that? But to have that much... Jewelry laying around and two girlfriends. Girlfriends. Yeah, I feel weird (laughs) saying it. Um, Sitting at the house while you go to the gym. It's just something about that, right? What kind of life are these guys living out here? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think he lives in, like, Hollywood, Florida. So there's some pretty good talent down there to hang out with. You come home and they know each other. Like, hey, honey, (laughs) honeys. How how was your days? What's for dinner? (laughs) They got two different dinners. You're like, wow, this is awesome. But then you have twice the amount of work stories you have to hear about. Well, maybe not for them. <laughs> Probably not a lot of work going on. He has to tell two different work yeah. versions of yeah. his story. But, no, it's just crazy to to have him the, the go-to gold chains, a, a Black Panther pendant. Nice. Yeah. Life, life is good. It's not bad being Lefty on Bell until you get robbed what, for half a million dollars worth of jewelry. Shows he has money in the bank because when Black Panther came out, I don't think he was actively working, was he? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was he, he was waiting to re-sign something. So that my man has money in the bank. He was responsible with that money, Jerry. He so. said, Black Panther, let me drop this. I don't even have a, a team right now. But uh, no, just it's crazy to hear his name pop up for that reason and between him and Antonio Brown's antics, offseason antics, mm-hmm. it's, it's a reason why they're not in Pittsburgh no more. Now, if they can only get rid of Mike Tomlin, and I just say that because <laughs> it, it's just not the Pittsburgh way with these guys. And, and Mike Tomlin, I feel like he let it get that way. And now you're seeing, I feel like we'll, we'll hear a lot of Le'Veon Bell off-field stuff throughout this year, especially yeah. if, if they're not winning. Oh, and I don't think they're going to be winning. They got the Patriots in that division. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll be around 500 at best, but I don't think they're going to be very good. And, I, I mean, look what they're doing. They just hired a new GM. I was hearing reports that they might want one of the, the draft analysts from ESPN. They were talking about that, too. So it's like a personnel-type guy, Todd McShay. Did you see that report that they, no. were, they were talking with him? Like, this is the new... This is the new thing, right? We keep seeing all these player personnel guys getting these job interviews. Our own Lance Zerline's going to get snatched up pretty quick if we don't watch out. All right. Well, <laughs> it looks like we got a call on the HRP listener line. And last week, if you weren't listening to the show, the topic of discussion was the Ocean's Cabaret down in Galveston. Uh, I know that rung a bell right now. And there are many of you ears right now driving. And you're thinking, I've been to that place. And I've seen a one uh, one-leg stripper there. Many of us have, and Ocean's Cabaret is the topic of discussion once again. We have Nick on the line. What's going on, Nick? 
Hey, what's going on, Jerry? Hey, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about that last week, and I, I didn't get a chance to call in, but, man, my friend Logan, his little brother turned 18, and we all wanted to go do something for him, but he was living in Galveston, so... You know, there's only one strip club out there, at least one that I know of. And so we ended up going there. And as soon as we walk in and pay our fees, you know, I don't know anything about this one legged stripper at the time, but we pay our fees and we walk in the door. And as soon as I walk in, I flat tired somebody. I don't know if you know what that is, but stepped on the back of their heel. And the, and it was the one legged stripper. She was wearing flip flops. And I don't know how it works, how a one legged person could wear flip flops, but. Little did I know, she got up on stage and started dancing that night, but it just cracked me up. As soon as I walk in, I just step on the back of a heel. She falls down. Everybody's looking at me like I'm the a-hole. But, uh, Was it a good time yeah, that, that night overall? Thing. Did you leave there satisfied? Yeah. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? I mean, uh, yeah, at first I was the a-hole, but after a while, I'm cracking up laughing. That was a... That was one hell of a night. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. No one leaves the Ocean's Cabaret without satisfaction and without seeing the one-legged stripper. I appreciate the call, Nick. The legend continues on I'm Money telling Live. You, she <laughs> is a Hall of Famer, first ballot, one ballot. Uh, anybody who goes down to Galveston and knows it, it's crazy, though, because when you think, when you link Galveston and strip club, the oceans are, are quickly to follow. No doubt about it. I told you, Holly said she heard about it, too, and she lives in the Galveston area, so it's a legit thing. It's something that you, uh, as a resident, if you're a Galveston resident, you have to talk on the low, low line. <laughs> Did he just say oceans over there? It's like, yeah, I think yeah, he's talking about oceans. Yeah, it's like a speakeasy thing, right, among the locals. Like, they all know. If she's listening right now, I wish I knew your name, uh... But you're a legend here, and you're welcome to call Moneyline anytime to talk about... Let's talk about Carson Wentz's deal. Wentz, six-year deal, base of $154.7 million. He doesn't have to dance for money. He doesn't. Let's get all into this on the other side, and we'll talk about how this deal could affect Deshaun Watson and his when contract. When we come back, we'll talk about that. You Cowboy guys, how does this affect your star quarterback? How does that affect the market going forward? Eagles. Holly, how did it make you feel? I know you're, you're a Wentz guy, or I'm sorry, a gal. Uh, is this what you wanted to see? Is it justified? Has he proved enough? We'll talk about it more when we get back. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. No, no. I seen how you did, homeboy. Please take it easier on me. Now listen to all your favorite shows on the Amazon Echo. Oh, sweet dude. Just say, Alexa, open ESPN 97.5. Now playing ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. At Josh Jordan 97.5. At Carlson Radio. My man Brazilian Hector. At Jerry Bowe knows with a C. Because we're back. back. Let's keep talking NFL because 
there's a few other things I wanted to get to. And we teased the Carson Wentz. He got his deal. Six years. 154.7 million. What are your thoughts? What does this do for other people in the same predicament going forward in the next few years looking for that contract? I think it's probably a good thing for the Texans because I think it's I think the Eagles and, and Carson Wentz kind of both got what they wanted. I think it's a pretty fair deal. I don't think it's a, a crazy amount. So anything that sets the market where you're not like, oh, my God, that, that's a good thing for the Texans wanting to hold on to Deshaun. It also makes you wonder if, you know, the Eagles did this a year early, right? They could have waited a little longer. You wonder if the Texans will take this approach and decide to get it done a year before they have to get it done just to – you know, get it taken care of. But I, I like that it's not a ridiculous amount. And Carson Wentz, I mean, he's, he's a really good player. It's just the injuries that have slowed him down. So I, obviously the Eagles believe in him, and they locked him up. Does this do good for one Dak Prescott? Probably not, because I could see that, you know, Dak will get less because he was what, a fourth-round draft pick, and Carson Wentz, you know, top of the web, what was he, number two or something like that. So I think he's going to get less. Of course, he's been more durable than Carson Wentz. But, I mean, he's probably not mad at it, but it didn't – It didn't. I don't think it's sent shockwaves through the NFL. So it, it, gives, it gives you a measuring stick, and Dak should come in a little below that. Now, who would you rather have, not just saying on pure base talent, because if we were guaranteed Wentz – 16 games a year at the minimum. You know what you get. You know what you know what the product is. He's shown. Yeah. I do want to see a little bit more, but yeah, he's shown. Or do you take Dak, which you know what you get? I wouldn't say I want to say consistent, not consistently great. Yeah. Just consistently average. At moments he has he has his moments, let's say. Yeah. But at times, you know that whenever you try to compare him, whenever you start talking, can who's going to dethrone the Patriots? Let's say, or who's going to do this? All these, all these topics you see when it comes to describing the Cowboys. A lot of people, the final, the final ingredient they throw into the recipe is: Can Dak win? Can he open up a game? I mean, that's where you you have to kind of balance what you prefer. Me, I, I would go with Wentz because I'm, I'm going for upside. You know, I think he he's shown that you know he was on on a path to be an MVP of the league before he got hurt a couple of years ago. I don't ever think Dak's going to have that type of upside. I think he could be good, and you know he'll get he'll get you there. You know he'll win some games, he'll win a division. But if I want that pure upside, like an MVP type player, that, that's what I'm going to go for. I think Carson Wentz. You have a better shot with that. You just got to hope he stays healthy. Forty eight out of forty eight games started head to head. He's three and two against Wentz now. With him not being uh, a first round, his contract expires in the 2019 season, which in, it puts him in line for that franchise tag in February. It does. I, I think they'll get a, a deal done. But what kind of deal now? Because the Cowboys are asking for a team-friendly deal. They say because being a Cowboy has real value. The exposure, the ratings, endorsement deals, career potential path to a broadcast booth. Does that pay off for wanting to make a team-friendly deal, especially him not having that much money in his pocket considering where he was playing on a rookie deal? 
no doubt. And that's how the Cowboys are going to spin it, right? They're going to try and have all their guys tell you all the value you have of being a Cowboys quarterback. And there is some fact in that. I mean, that is true. You get a lot of exposure, like you said, endorsement deals. But at the same time, that, that's what they're trying to do to get his price down. The, the other thing to keep in mind is, like, Tom Brady's not one of the higher-paid quarterbacks in the league. If you want talent around you, if you want to win – you know, you can't soak up the entire salary cap. I mean, look at, like, how much money Matt Stafford has made. What have they ever won? You know, and, and a lot of that's, you know, they've made some bad decisions. I get all that. But, you know, if you have something, you know, like Kirk Cousins making all that money. You know, the, at the he end of the that. day. He yeah, that. <laughs> He did like that. He liked getting paid, that's for sure. But when you take up all that money, they can't put a lot of talent around you. And. You know, some people say, hey, that's their problem. They want to make money. But if you really want to win, if you like being a Dallas Cowboy, then, you know, you act like you don't want to take a team-friendly deal, just like the Cowboys are, you know, trying to give him all the added value of being a Dallas Cowboy. But I think they get a deal done at the end of the day. And um, I think they kind of have to, right? They don't want, they don't want to franchise start tag. Yeah, they don't want that's that expensive for a, for a quarterback franchise tag. It gets real expensive, it gets real, expensive. real quick. Demarcus Lawrence from the Cowboys took to Twitter after the signing, the rich, they get the better it feels when they when we humble their ass. <laughs> well, you know what? That's that rivalry's been around forever, and you know Cowboys won the division last year, so they're you know they're going to pound their chest a little bit. Lane Johnson responds with the Kawhi laugh. <laughs> Hashtag can't wait. I can't wait for football, dude. I can't either. We're getting close too. We are getting close. We, I mean. We're still doing mini camps. It's coming along. It's coming along. 713-780-3776. We talked a little bit of Texans. We'll get into some finals talks. We'll get into some Rockets. A lot has been said by yeah. one Austin Rivers. And we'll break down maybe what that means from our perspective. But, again, if you want to get in, 713-780-3776. Call us. Text us. Tweet us at Moneyline975. We want to hear from you. If you got a story about the Ocean's Cabaret, feel free. <laughs> feel free to step on in. We'd love to hear about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, we got to get into this Rockets thing. We'll, we'll probably hit it on the other side, but we can kind of tee it up a little here. Basically, he he did the, the ESPN car wash, right? He did the jump. He did first take. You know, he did a whole bunch of shows. He really opened up about what happened at the end of the year with the Rockets. If there was a feud between Harden and CP3 after, you know, during Game 6, after Game 6, if that really happened. And he also talked about Mike D'Antoni. That's what I found the I most I was nervous for him. Yeah. I was nervous for him listening to it because I said, please, please don't say that. Please, please. Like, just thinking these are some straight-up direct questions, and he answered them straight face yeah. directly. And sometimes you don't get that. A lot of people try to sugarcoat stuff, and he kind of let you into to what was thought – in that game, in in a few of those games, starting with what what happened in the Duran injury, what they thought, and we'll get into that a little bit coming up. But uh, just to end this segment, also, did you hear about the Manziel to the Houston XFL? Maybe <laughs> I did. Does he need to be in H Town? You know what? That's the perfect market for him, man. Tons of people that went to Texas A and M live in Houston. It, what better place? You know, what better place for him to play? I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'll be there to see the spectacle that comes with it. But it's just crazy that uh, people are still after him because of what he brings. Sure. What he brings, people, it puts people in the seats. And just think about this. Take all football aside. When you think of the XFL, what do you think of? You think of kind of the wrestling tie, right? More spectacle than actual substance. 
Well, what is Johnny? He is exactly that. Here comes Johnny. Yeah, here's Johnny. But he's John football now, remember? Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad, let Johnny. Me, let me respect sorry, you, John. John. <laughs> let me respect you, John. When we get back, we'll talk some gambling because I have the pick. The kickoff is at 11. I waited. Ooh. We got 18 minutes till kickoff, and I'm holding it off like that. 1042 in the morning on a beautiful Sunday. You're here listening to Monday on ESPN 97.5. <laughs> Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. Get in on the fun, get in on the laughs, get in on the money. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter, at JoshJordan975, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Ball Knows with a Z. I'm back. I'm back in full effect, and we're back to making money. England's Women's World Cup against the Scotland team. What do we have here? An England team that scored at least two goals in 12 of the last 19 games. Phil Neville's got this team on the uprise. Let's let's say everything with the way England plays now. They play with an open form. They they like to put uh, goals up, and I believe that's what we'll see here in this particular matchup. Now, their opponent Scotland, they're not a push off uh, a pushover easy. They've scored in their last five games consecutively at least one time. So I believe they get on the board today in this particular matchup. Four of the last five have seen it go over three. Six zero England last time they played. The time before that, four four. Time before that was the only time we saw the under in the last five. Before that, four one. You get it here? They usually put up uh, points here, and this English team is playing with a different four. Uh, they just play differently. You know what I mean? And I think they get at least two goals. I think Scotland gets on the board. Give me that over three. Women's World Cup, England, Scotland, over three. You heard it here first. All right, Jerry. There you have it, guys. Get that one in. Jerry said it starts at 11, so you got to get that bet in pretty quick. So let's get back to, we were talking a little bit about the Rockets. We we teased that in the last segment. Austin Rivers going on first take, going on the jump. And it was pretty interesting what he talked about. He he talked about if you know the, the, if there was a possible feud, but the, the thing that you brought up was about Durant, right? That that they basically they thought that all right, this is it. Durant's hurt. What were we're, we're going to get this? The first thing. thing you saw when Durant went down, what were your thoughts? Because it looked serious. Yeah. And if you were watching it, listening also on TV, uh, the guys made it seem like he was about to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, they made it seem like you know, his Achilles ruptured or something like that, which would put him out obviously for the year. So. When, personally, me, I was like, here it is. You know, this is the chance the Rockets have been waiting for. The shoe's on the other foot. Where, you know, Chris Paul got hurt the year before. Now Durant goes down. You know, this is the Rockets' time to shine. But just didn't it didn't work out, obviously. First thought. This is it. This is our opportunity. We spent all of last year talking about Chris Paul went out. Our entire roster is healthy. Their star player who has been carrying them through the playoffs just got hurt. This is it. This is our time. 
But then the Houston sports fan in me was also like, all right, now how are they going to blow it now? <laughs> and that's fair. Me, I thought the same exact way that Andrew did. It was, it was like, okay, that's it. This time I felt guilty. Like it was like a guilty pleasure. Yeah. It felt, I went in the closet and, <laughs> and, and, and looked it up to send out a tweet from the closet in the dark. So nobody, that's how guilty I felt, <laughs> but it felt good. It felt, okay, this is the, this yeah. is the opportunity. It felt kind of like, okay, Paul was out last year. What's up now? Let's do this. I was wondering what's their thoughts in that next time outbreak. What's what is that huddle like? This is what they thought. You know, I, I'll be honest. The consensus in the locker room is, you know, we it was two two. We we came back uh, in that game uh, five. Uh, we were down like seventeen at one point, and then KD goes down. That first time out after everybody in the huddle was like, "Yo, this is it. Like this is this is our chance. Like we we, we have to take this." Uh, but that's where you don't ever underestimate, you know, the team of you know a championship team. You know, they just they figure out ways to, to do things, and uh, um, they figure. I mean, they just kept playing. I, I think we expected Game Six to be all right. We'll come out, kind of punch them in the mouth. They're going to quit, fold, and then they're going to be like, "All right, we'll try to get Game Seven. We came around and messed around, and then they were like, "They're not. They're not taking this game. Uh, they're not taking this game." And it, it just it went downhill from there. What in your right mind would lead you to believe that you were going to punch them in the mouth and they were going to fold? That's one Austin Rivers again talking, giving the truth. Yeah, I, I appreciate that from him because you wonder. Our thoughts, we just went over them, was just that when the injury happened, it was just that. Oh my God, here we go! It's the Rockets' moment. No excuses. And that's what made it so difficult when they couldn't pull it off. And that's what really ended the series. You know, just the just their inability to, to get things done when, when Durant got hurt. And, you know, you, you just look at Austin Rivers. He's really honest about what happened. And he also kind of gets into, I don't know if we have the audio, but he gets into Mike D'Antoni's system. And uh, I don't think we have that, so I'll just kind of talk about what he said and paraphrase. But his point was, I know we do isolation ball. I know we're good at that. I know our offense runs through James, and, and that's that's what we do. That works for us. But his point is is that you got to shake things up, too. You can't always have the Warriors knowing exactly what you're going to do every time you head down the court. You know, it's fine to play to your strengths, but every now and then, do something different so they can't just sell out on knowing what's going to happen. And I think that's a direct shot at Mike D'Antoni. He made another comment, too, about, you know, what gets you thrown out of town is, you know, running in and taking a mid, mid-range jumper instead of taking a three. You know, he even made the comment, too, they'd rather see you take a contested three than take an open two. That's which, crazy. That's crazy. These comments are wild. Yes. You know, then that's on that's on D'Antoni, man. And I saw that the negotiations reportedly sparked up again with D'Antoni over the last couple of days. Why? Like, let him play out this last year. Let's see what happens. Like, I don't, don't get another three, four-year contract into this dude. Like, remember when we extended or they extended Bill O'Brien, you know, Really, when they didn't have to, and and you know, just a few games into the season, everybody wanted that. They wanted him gone, and no owner is going to get rid of a guy right after you give him a huge deal. That's that's just not going to happen. Reports came out of that elimination game that there was beef, halftime beef. Chris Paul arguing with Harden. Some what happened on the court maybe it satisfied that thought because. In the fourth quarter, we didn't really see Harden 
do what we needed him to do yep. as a fan, as a as a as a better. You know what I mean? You thought he was going to take over, but you saw Chris Paul and all these other guys going hard. And Austin Rivers was asked that question, and I wanted to know what his answer was. Do you think back on that game six that you guys played when Kevin Durant was out was and if you guys were at home? Time. All the time. What goes through your mind? Uh, us not living up to the moment and, and not taking advantage of the situation we had. You know, everybody always makes excuses for the Warriors, but people don't give them credit that every advantage or any opportunity that they've had, they've taken. Mm -hmm. They take advantage. That's what good teams do. Mm -hmm. every, luck is always involved in every game, so in, in every sport. But the great teams, the great players, they, they take advantage of it. You know what I mean? And we had an opportunity. Their best player gets hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. Our team's fully already, healthy. Right? We had Chris healthy. Everybody made the excuse for him last year. Yeah. We had Chris. We had everybody there. Our, our, every, the Ducks was lined right there. Mm -hmm. And we didn't take advantage of it. That's all on us. So, I mean, that's, it's just disappointing because I go back and rethink that game all the time. Like, what did we do wrong? Why did, why did we do this? And then you watch the game, and then you're like, why were we doing this? Why are we not, you know? Mm -hmm. You could tell what he's getting at. It, it feels like. There's not a plan. It feels like it's just like, hey, James, a go, plan B. go get points. Yeah. No plan B. Yeah, but there's no – they don't run any plays really, you know, and that that just – it speaks to why the Warriors are successful. They move the ball. And he talks about matchups too. I, I did want to bring this up. He's like, you know, we're very stagnant. You know, we do run a lot of ISO, but we're playing against a team that's maybe one of the best off-ball passing teams maybe ever. That's what they're good at. So he brings up, you know, styles make fights, right? He's like, we got to change some things up. This is not working. And it, it doesn't feel like, like you said, there's a plan B. They don't have anything to go to when it's not working. To me, that's on coaching and, and on James. So, you know, a lot of people think all this negotiation – back and forth with the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni is really kind of letting James know, like, hey, we might be getting rid of your dude. We want to make you feel uncomfortable. You know, this isn't acceptable. And I heard that Tillman was most upset because they lost at home game six. Yeah. You know, they lost at home in front of their home fans. They didn't even push a game seven without Durant. You know, that's why he was upset. And that's why maybe he's kind of making Mike D'Antoni sweat it out a little bit. The infatuation that he has with beating the Warriors, yeah. it's and losing at home, that's what hurts. Now, if you listen to that whole, the entire Rivers interview, uh, you get the feeling that they felt, he doesn't say directly, but you could tell that the, he wants to say, hey, we were ready, like uh, the, the role players were ready, and yeah. we just didn't get that opportunity. Not in those words, but it was just like, like we were ready to do our thing. And then later on during that, he's asked, I believe it was Stephen Jackson that asked him, uh, well, what happened in that last game? All you, I see all you guys hustling in that fourth quarter. I saw you all saying, we're not going home today. This isn't the last day. But James Harden didn't have that same feel to it. And then he says, he doesn't give a look. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 usually if that's not true, then you'll say, man, no, I don't see it that way. Or he just kind of looked like it in, into space, kind of <laughs> like, let me stay quiet, but let me not give any kind of reaction to that. No, if he wants to be back, he's got to be cool with James. So he knows that. Andrew, I see you kind of. Well, I mean, in the rest of the interview, he defends James. He does. So I think that that's taken a little clip of Steven Jackson being a bit of a blowhard, which he is on NBA, on NBA with ESPN. And I think that's really blowing that out of proportion. He has a little five-second reaction where he doesn't respond. It looks like he wants to say something in response, but he doesn't because 
He doesn't he want can. to get into it with Steven Jackson. I think he disagrees with him personally. If you watch that fourth quarter, like, look, I'm a Rockets fan. You guys can tell that this this riles me up a little bit. But I, that is Steve, that is Steven Jackson running with the narrative, which is what a lot of the national media does. And I hate, hate, hate when they do that, when they take a narrative and they say, James Harden doesn't give effort here, or so-and-so doesn't do this, or so-and-so doesn't do that, and they just run with that narrative. That, that, to me, is what Steven Jackson was doing, and Austin Rivers defended James later on in that segment, but not in that clip that they posted. I think because he has to, though. He has to defend him at one point because, like you said, if he's not if, – if if James don't mess with you, then you're in trouble if, you're, if you don't – I mean, uh, Rivers could be quick to go. So, no, I agree. But I felt like James – Played pretty well in the playoffs this year, right? Like, he did a nice job. In moments. In moments. And it was Chris taking the ball a whole bunch in game six and, you know, saying he he called for it and they didn't win. So I I think James was just kind of like, all right, man, if you think you can do better, run the offense. We'll see how it goes. And it just didn't work out. That halftime feud had a lot, I think, because after that, it was kind of, you saw Paul try to, he tried to go all out that last game. Finally, you saw something, but. It's tough. It's tough. You you live and die by the way you got that got you there. You can't get there and all of a sudden switch it. You don't think, but you would think that you have a, at least a plan B. You would think so, but from what we heard in that interview, Austin Rivers is saying like, no, we do the same thing every time because that's what the numbers dictate, and that is just not working in the playoffs against the Warriors. It's a bad matchup. So, Andrew, does it bother you that he went on and talked about this? On the shows, I mean, I kind of like it as a Rockets fan. It, it kind of it gives me a little glimmer of what's really going on. I mean, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. I like to hear players be honest about what's going on in their situations. It gives us as fans a real look at what's happening inside the team. I love that. But at the same time, I don't like when reporters set them up leading into questions just to fit the narrative that they're trying to build, which is what Steven Jackson clearly had in mind with that segment. I'm with you there. Just in general, I want to ask both of you guys, do you think that this was more anti-Mike D'Antoni or was more anti-James Harden? Just the interview. I'd say more anti-Mike than anything else. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I think, too. Yeah, well, he, he can't go too anti-Harden there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, just, uh, I just think that... Yeah, just it's more D'Antoni. He, he pointed out the specific flaws in the system yeah. and the way that the, st- the ball could get stagnated on. Again, those guys practice with James and they play with James. They trust him. They do. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Now, do they do they live and die that way always? I don't know. But I hope you live and die with us for the next hour. We got an hour left here. We got a one a few more bets. I'll drop a few more during the next hour. You listen to Moneyline ESPN ninety seven five. Get the latest and best content on where to go, what to do, where to eat, and where to drink. Go to culturemap.com.